Welcome to Watch Therefore, or Watching for Our King, our great Savior, Messiah Yeshua, Jesus our Lord. He told his people to watch therefore and be ready, for you don't know the hour or the day of the coming of the Son of Man. The Apostle Paul spoke about the Lord coming in the clouds for his people and taking us to that place that the Lord promised he would come and get us and take us to that place where there will be the marriage ceremony in heaven. Come and follow me to my Father's house. Hallelujah. Joe Schwartz here at the Sea of Galilee. So thankful, so blessed to be with you today and so glad that we together can go into the presence of our Father in heaven. We've been invited there in Messiah Jesus for grace and mercy in time of need. And I think this is certainly a time of need, the days in which we live today. So let's start off with a word of prayer. Then there's something I want to share with you that I think will clarify some confusion. It truly blessed me to learn what I'm going to be sharing with you today. And and so um, let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord's blessing on our time together today. Oh, Father in heaven, in Messiah Yeshua's name, thank you for this special time we have together. Thank you for what you're going to do in our midst today. Thank you for loving us enough to send Messiah Jesus for us. Oh, Father in heaven, Jesus, Lord, we're so glad that you are alive in us. Bless all of our viewers today. I ask it, Father in Messiah Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so here's a question I'm going to ask to kind of get this thing started. You ready? When did the last days begin? And the reason I ask the question is this. Oftentimes today I hear, are we in the last days? Well, uh, I think the answer may be a little surprising to you. So let's take a look at when the last days began. I'm going to set up a scenario for you and then read this passage that clearly answers the question. In the time of Acts chapter 2, Messiah Jesus had already died for our sins. He, he was buried. He rose from the grave. Excuse me. Hallelujah. And he ascended to our Father in heaven. And then there was a feast that was coming. And the disciples were told to wait for the power of God that will come upon them. It says this in Acts chapter 1. I believe that's in verse 8 that the power of God would come upon them and, and, and that his disciples, including us today, would be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And we would be great witnesses to Messiah Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. If you're a believer in Messiah Jesus, this speaks of even you today, wherever you are in the world. Hallelujah again. And so then, in Acts chapter 2, that day came. Uh, the Feast of Shavuot in Hebrew, the Feast of Weeks. It's a feast of ingathering, a harvest. And, and uh, in English, we have, uh, we have named this day Pentecost. Pentecost, the day of Pentecost came. And the disciples together were together. And these great signs and wonders began to take place. The sound of a mighty rushing wind. And, and, and tongues of fire over people's heads. The Lord said, uh, we know this, that we would be baptized with fire. Yes, and there's a good baptism with fire, but then there's another baptism with fire that's not so good. And so, thankfully, we receive this one that took place in Acts chapter 2. These signs and wonders begin breaking loose. Another one was that though there were uh, Jewish 
uh, people and proselytes, Gentiles who were uh, uh, walking in Judaism at that time, who had come from all over the world. They spoke different languages in these other places in the world from which they came. And they came into Jerusalem. And, and, and then these Galileans that were kind of considered hayseeds and backwater folks, not so edumacated in the eyes of these, uh, people, uh, these, these Galileans begin to speak in the languages of the people in the lands from where they came. And, and, and they began preaching the mighty works of the Lord. And they began, and they, they knew something was going on here. We're hearing these Galileans are speaking our language. This is wild. And, and, and some began scoffing. You know, whenever the Lord's doing something good, the devil's not far behind to try to throw it sideways. And so he uses people to do that tragically. And, and so scoffers are there mocking and saying, oh, these men are drunk. They're drunkards. That's the deal. They're just drunk. And, and so Peter answers that. And when he does, he answers our question. When did the last days begin? So in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. That's what Peter says. No, 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 they aren't. We're not drunk. No, this, what you're seeing is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, in this prophecy, we see things that have not yet been fulfilled. They're right around the corner. We see that from the signs that are already taking place right now all around us. And if you're kind of confused about that, you can go to my website, and I teach a lot about those signs on some of the other programs that are on our website. But he speaks of the last days. He speaks of the last days, and it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's what began in Acts chapter 2 at Shavuot, at Pentecost, Right? That's what began to take place there. And, and so they're experiencing, uh, the, 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 uh, partial fulfillment of the prophet Joel right there. And that's when we see that the last days began. Right? So that kind of answers the question, when did the last, well, that exactly and very specifically answers the question, when did the last days begin? But then there's still kind of a question, there's some confusion about the time we're in now. If that's when the last days began, what are these days that are so very unique and challenging today? And I've talked about uh, them being categorized, according to the word of the Lord, as the days of Noah, the time of the birth pangs. But how does that relate to the term the last days? Paul the apostle, who gets a lot more revelation later on as time goes on, 
He's assigned to go to the nations with the gospel, right? And he has a special disciple named Timothy. Now, Timothy had seen the signs and wonders Paul walked in and seen people saved and repentant and receiving Messiah Jesus uh, in these areas of Lystra and Iconium and these, in this area where, where Timothy was raised. And so he becomes this wonderful apostle, excuse me, not an apostle. He becomes this wonderful disciple of the apostle Paul, better said. And so we see in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, something that pertains to our subject of the last days today. Here we go. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. But in the last days, perilous times will come. And so, what Paul is identifying is a generation during the last days that will be unique in the last days. A generation that will be different than all others in the last days. Paul is already in the last days when he says, but in the last days, perilous times will come. And he then gives characteristics of that very unique generation in the last days in the, that's coming in the future from Paul's day. And when we come back from this break, we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to look at the characteristics and the culture of society that will help us to identify what I call the last days of the last days. Okay? The last days of the last days. So take a look at, uh, during this break of some really important information we have to share and then watch therefore and be ready. I'm so thankful for the Watch Therefore message for two primary reasons. The first is that in the last of the last days, where we are right now, lukewarmness is a bad problem in the body of Messiah. Well, the Watch Therefore message that Messiah Yeshua is coming in the clouds for us at any moment, well, that message stirs people up. It, it, it facilitates them opening up as he's standing at the door of our hearts knocking to let him in to do a great work in our hearts, minds, and lives. The second reason is that this message stirs the lost to get thinking about their sin and their eternity, that Messiah Jesus could come any moment. And after that, oh, great hell is going to break loose on this earth, the great wrath of the Lamb, and, and, and then eternal judgment. Ah, it stirs them up. They can see what's going on all around them, that, that the world is, is shaking under the weight of its sin, and it makes them want to get right with the Lord. The Watch Therefore message goes perfectly with the gospel of Messiah Jesus. Now, there's three primary ways we can work together to get this message out. Praying, giving, and going. You can sign up for our monthly newsletters, which you'll find on our website, the sign-up place for to do that. Uh, and you'll get uh, the Blessing Israeli Believers and the Poured Out for the Nations newsletters. That way, you can see some of the kingdom efforts we have, and you can pray accordingly. So go to our website and sign up for those newsletters. The other, or the second one is giving. Now, before I talk about this, I want to say that if you haven't yet received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please don't send any money to this ministry. We pray that you will pray to receive Jesus as Lord and enjoy the program today. But for those who understand kingdom advancement and laying your treasures up in heaven, 
this is a great way for you to do so. Uh, now, going is doing a program like this that goes around the world or getting on a plane and going to Africa. Maybe you're not called to do that, but you can give and you can help me do that. And that together with praying, giving, and going, we can send this message out in media all around the world. And as I go to Africa and other places with the gospel, you can participate in that as well. Go to our website. You'll find details about all of these things. You may have questions. I think a lot of that will be answered on the website. Or you can contact me with questions and comments as well. But before we go back to the program right now, I want to remind you, now is the time. Whatever you're going to do in the kingdom of Messiah Jesus, by faith, do it now. Because soon, we will be not walking by faith, but by sight. We will be looking at King Jesus, and this opportunity will be passed. Remember to watch, therefore, and be ready. Welcome back to the teaching here on Watch Therefore. Before our break, I was sharing uh, a question and identifying that question and the answer. When did the last days begin? And we saw in the Bible that the last days began in the first century, In Acts chapter 2, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit birthed the new covenant ecclesia, the church. And, And Peter was preaching and shared from the prophet Joel, this is what the Lord was talking about through his prophet Joel. And, and, and this is taking place or beginning to take place there at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. I also shared with you that a, a way to think of this time as we truly are in the last days is that these are the last of the last days. Paul, the apostle, is speaking to his disciple Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We see in verse 1, he says that in the last days, perilous times will come. He's speaking about a generation that will be very unique and different than other generations in the last days. So what I'd like to do with you now is share some of these characteristics of the last of the last days in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So I'm going to read from verse 1 down to like verses 5 or 6. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Wow. Well, you know, the first thing I notice here is that Paul tells us this, but know this. See, most people, even in the body of Messiah, don't know this. But know this, we're commanded. That in this generation, perilous times will come. And they are here. And and these things all, these rotten characteristics, are all under the umbrella of men will be lovers of themselves. Now, have men always been lovers of themselves? Well, certainly. And these characteristics that we see listed in 2 Timothy 3 have been with us since the beginning of humanity, certainly. Then what's what's the issue here? What's, What's unique? The way that these things will be all working together, these characteristics under 
the umbrella of men will be lovers of themselves will be unique to this generation. And from the things that we've discussed or I've seen uh, and shared with you on the program in programs past, this works in concert with the other signs of these times, like the days of Noah, for example, with the corruption and wickedness and, and violence in the earth. That's what we see in detail with these characteristics in Second Timothy chapter 3, that men will be lovers of themselves, that these other things uh, that they love will spring from that selfishness, being lovers of money in a unique way, boasters and proud in a unique way, blasphemous in a unique way. For example, what's unique about this? Today, even in the body of Messiah, money has come, become so important that there's a movement called the prosperity movement. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lord wants us to prosper in the kingdom. And, and, and it's money is not evil, but the love of money is what is evil. And the love of money is working in the doctrines and philosophies and ways even that the church oper- thinks and operates today. No, that's part of the corruption that we see in this generation, right? And, and, and so um, th- this all works together to show us the generation in which we live. And, and even it closes out here in verse 5 with having a form of godliness but, not, but denying its power. What does this mean? Well, what is the power of God? People would say the Holy Spirit. Certainly that's true. But you don't get the Holy Spirit without the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah Yeshua, the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation. The power of God for salvation. For everyone who believes to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Right? Yes, the gospel has been watered down in the thinking and preaching so horribly and so badly that now it's not even shared in many churches. They're, they're, a, they're a church without the gospel or the church with a watered down gospel. Certainly, that is this generation in a way that is very unique in the last days. Now, having a form of expressions of the Holy Spirit not being the authentic Holy Spirit who convicts people of sin and righteousness and judgment, who calls people to holiness and righteous living and thinking and speaking, right? No, no, no. Now the Holy Spirit is simply these manifestations, uh, gold dust floating around in the sky, in the air around us. That's the glory of God. No, the glory of God in the power of the Holy Spirit is bringing people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws men, lost men and women, to repentance saved believers in Jesus to a deeper repentance, right? Uh, the, the Holy Spirit shows us the bigness, the largeness, the greatness of God. How great is our God is the wonderful song that's so popular that I love. Uh, the greatness of God and the smallness of man. You see, men being lovers of themselves means that men are at the center of everything to be worshipped. And so they make man big and in their heart and mind, God small. He will never be that way. Hallelujah. Because how great is our God? No. When Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter 6, by the Spirit of the Lord, saw Jesus the Lord high and lifted up, seated on His throne, and that the angels flying around Him were going, holy, 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 shaking the tabernacle in heaven, everything responding to the greatness of our Messiah Yeshua and our Father also who is seated on His throne. You, you see, that's what the spirit, the power of the Spirit of God does in our midst, 
right? Uh, people are looking for signs and wonders today. Well, listen, uh, I like it when this one pastor said, people are looking for signs and wonders. Christians are looking for signs and wonders while they actively avoid the context in which they take place. What do I mean? Well, for example, Paul and Silas experience the prison shaking and the doors opening and the prisoners not escaping and the jailer saying, how must I be saved? They like that part. People like that part. But how did they experience that? By being beaten for the gospel and being put in the lowest part of the prison and then responding to the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit, singing praise to him. Then came the signs and wonders, you see. So to, to deny the power of the gospel of Messiah Jesus and deny the, the authentic working of the Holy Spirit, the way he actually works, that's what's very common in this generation and it's very unique to this generation, right? Yeah, yeah. The power of Messiah Jesus' resurrection comes with the fellowship of his sufferings and that is scoffed and mocked at today in the body of Messiah or the many by many who profess to know Messiah, right? And, and that's one of the things that Paul tells Timothy today and we should be aware of that. Paul says that I may know him, Messiah Jesus, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death that I may, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. That's the kind of thing Paul talks about. Yeah. Now, interestingly, we see something similar uh, as the wrath of God is demonstrated against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men in Romans 1. And I'm going to begin in verse 26 because I've already taught on verse 18 uh, through much of this chapter in other teachings. But I haven't yet mentioned this. This lines up perfectly with the last of the last days of Second Timothy. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves a penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, Murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. And it goes on. Who, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. You see, it's an expression of a generation that has been turned over to its own dark desires to a point where there's no turning back. And the physical execution of the wrath of God then is on its way. And oh, certainly, that is this generation, the last of the last days. And what can you do then? If you're a believer in Messiah Jesus, repent if you're involved in any of these sins. And come out from among them. And be ye holy as he is holy. And if you've not yet received Jesus as Lord, what can you do? You can recognize. These are all signs. This generation is the final one before Messiah Jesus comes in the clouds for his people. And then the, the physical execution of his wrath is poured out on the earth. And then the king will come to reign and rule on this earth from Jerusalem. 
What can you do? Repent. Change your mind about your sin, the sins of this unique generation. And receive Jesus as Lord. Those who call upon the name of the Lord, Paul, I mean, Paul preaches as well. And Peter preached from the prophet Joel in Acts chapter 2. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. I want to turn away from my old life and follow you. Be your new creation. Baptize me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change my identity from a lost person in Adam to a saved person in Jesus Christ. Make me one of your children, oh God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You rose again. Save me, forgive me, and give me a new life. Amen. If that's your heart and that's what you're praying, that's what you are becoming right now, a forgiven child of the living God. Now go and follow after Jesus. He says, if you'll be my disciple, you'll deny yourself, not be a lover of yourself, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Deny yourself and get on that Jesus path that leads to life. Get off that wide path that leads to destruction that most of the world is on and get on that narrow path that leads to life. Now, uh, I want to do this. I want to pray with all of our viewers today. Let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord to do a great work in our hearts. Oh, Father in heaven, in Messiah Jesus' name, for everyone viewing the program today, fill them with your Holy Spirit, please. Call us out by the power of the Holy Spirit of this generation in its madness. And thank you that you've not given us a spirit of fear, one of power, love, and a sound mind. Help us to be a light in a dark place, watching for you to come. And like the faithful servant, hearing thy, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Do this in all of us today. Thank you, Father, in Messiah Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm so glad that we had this special time together on this program. And now we've heard the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But faith doesn't sit in a chair. Faith is like the faithful servant. And I encourage you to do this. Watch, therefore, and be ready. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Our program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Watch Therefore Ministries. In future programs, we'll have many more Watch Therefore teachings from the Bible, worship, and exciting interviews with our believing partners in Israel and around the world. Please contact us at doveschwartz 62 at yahoo.com. That's D-O-V-S-C-H-W-A-R-Z-6-2 at yahoo.com. And if you would like to subscribe to our newsletter, you can fill out a contact form on the website, watchtherefore.tv. We also have audio programs available on our website, watchtherefore.tv. We are on social media since it is an amazing tool to share the gospel and communicate with one another. Feel free to also find us there at watchtherefore.tv. Until next time, we're watching for King Jesus to return. Watch therefore and be ready.